welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is episode 40, motherfucking five. It's Woo! the Fret Zone podcast. We've gone through shit loads of technical issues tonight, so it's good to just get going with it. It's it's Matt. You know you know we're here with Matt tonight. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And we're joined also by... No, fuck all. We're joined by no one else. No one else wants to talk to us. <laughs> I think we're a bit grumpy sometimes. We are, yeah. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna book that trend this week. We gotta be all positive. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> no, uh, I mean I've we've gone through the uh the set list for today and there's definitely things that we've got to bitch about. Yep. But there are some nice things as well. Um do you wanna start or should I start, Matt? What what we're we saying? Uh, I can go through what I've done this week if you want. Yeah, let's go for it, man. What have you been up to? Um, now I've got to remember what I said that I've done this week. Um, <laughs> so I think the the first thing that I've mentioned is I'm going to finally gig with the Hughes and Kettner tomorrow. Uh-huh. I've got a party in a barn on a farm. Somebody's 40th birthday party and they've basically uh, put flooring down in a barn and yep. built a stage out of wood. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the stage doesn't collapse because it was built today. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, well, uh, that's uh, that's a rustic rustic gig there, isn't it? Yeah, but it should be a good laugh. And like I say, I've decided that I'm going to try out the, the Hughes and Kettner in time for possibly running a stereo rig for <laughs> TT. <laughs> that is, uh, I mean... It's it's a sensible idea, but it's putting all of the uh, all of the faith in that H and K there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, basically, I, what I've decided is if I can get the settings to sound right in a barn, that's pretty much the same as outdoor. Um, so <laughs> yes. I will set get try and set the EQ to a level where I'm happy. Try and set my board so that the reverb is happy with the. You know the the fact that I'm not playing in a closed room, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, see see if I can get the sounds that I want out of this amp. And if I can, then uh, yeah, I'll go stereo the following week, which would be the last gig before TT. Shit, man, it's gonna it's gonna be tough uh, tough podcasting trying to find time podcasting between that. But I'm sure we'll uh, we'll manage something, won't we? Yeah, we we should find a time here and there. I've got a couple of nights off. Yeah. I imagine by that point you'll be you'll just be shouting into the microphone as well because your hearing will be shut. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have any ear. Pl- I keep saying I should probably get some specially made like ear plugs that you know take decibels away. I never do. No, and that is why in the future you will be deaf, or at least partly deaf. But I will have happy memories of gigging. Indeed, and perhaps a stereo rig too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been talking about stereo rigs actually this week because I've I've got the two um, do it the two PVs and do it the re <laughs> just got <laughs> right in on that microphone for our ASMR listening friends. Do it. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be creepy as fuck. Um, the reason why I got rid of the Black Star is because it was too heavy to take to practices, or it was it was cumbersome so the idea that i would then replace that by carrying two classic 30s is um it's a bit of a 
bit of a stretch, isn't it? That's one extra trip to the car. Get over it. Uh, the thing is, I can carry everything in one trip. I don't want to have to carry. Then you haven't got enough. St- if you can carry everything in one trip, you haven't got enough stuff. Well, there you go. Perhaps I need a reverb tank as well. <laughs> I think there is one on the Classic Thirty, isn't there? Indeed. Yeah, the yeah. Sproinginess. Sproinginess. my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a good reverb as well, actually. I do like spring reverb. For a man who uh, who actively dislikes hey. reverb I choose the the most awkward one to love say, the, the one that everybody doesn't like and they prefer everything else yeah no I, I do like spring reverb and I don't know why um, it's it's a cool set I, I like spring reverb I especially like the sound that the amp makes if you like accidentally poke <laughs> the amp and I don't know like I never noticed this, but I, I mentioned last week or the week before we learned uh, Seven Nation Army. Yeah. And if you listen to that closely, when he's playing the bass line, the do 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 do. Well, every time that he plays a note on that, you can hear the splash of a spring reverb being knocked a little bit in the background. I urge anybody who's interested in this, uh, probably nobody, but still, I it really shocked me. Listen closely, and you'll hear that spring reverbs like splash noise yeah. every single time he plays a note, note on the bass I absolutely love shit like that I absolutely love it um, there's there's bits in um, in Zeppelin tunes as well where you can hear the squeak of the um, the bass drum pedal because Bonham's yeah. just giving it hell for leather and I just love shit like that yeah it, it makes the, makes you think that you know I, I, if I can pick that out then I must have something that I can almost do yeah like your ears are trained enough to be that critical but yeah not only that i think it gives you the the sense that this stuff was recorded by humans i'm not sure led zeppelin was recorded by humans no they are i mean superhumans at least but yeah yeah they, i mean a couple of those guys were black country boys as well so they they are literally like in in and around the area that I I uh, I was born and brought up, so just absolute props to the guys. <laughs> and as yeah, I was, I was talking about this the other day actually. Just how much um, how much British music has influenced the world, and and especially kind of the Midlands, because you've got like I say a couple of mep- uh, members of Zeppelin. You've got Black Sabbath, who pretty much invented heavy metal. Yeah, uh, like com- coming from Aston. Uh, Slade from Wolverhampton as well <laughs> and you can't get away from those fuckers come Christmas time can you <laughs> yeah and they're still buddy touring just not with their main guy <laughs> not with Noddy fucking <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah he's just sitting there with his half a million a year off Merry Christmas everyone isn't he yeah he, he couldn't give a rat's ass what anybody thinks but what would you if you made a, a, X amount of money every single year because people, despite the fact that they probably own Merry Christmas, everyone, yeah, they buy, buy it again, again and yeah. again and again and again. Yeah, no, fuck it. I mean, I aspire to do that. I'm, I'm going to write me a Christmas tune. Good yeah. luck with that because nobody buys new Christmas tunes anymore. They just buy Merry Christmas, everybody on repeat. It's going to be, yeah, it's it's going to be familiar enough that it's, it's almost a pastiche of... Uh, of the Slade one, <laughs> but not so close that Noddy starts getting uh, legal legal team happy. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Sounds like a good plan. It sounds like a like a fine balance needs to be struck, doesn't it? Yeah, you're gonna have to find that sweet spot. Indeed, I am. Uh, let's mention some uh, some other stuff that's been going on this week. Anyway, Matt. So, um, you you've mentioned the H and K, and you said that there's a potential of a stereo rig, but that stereo rig is not going to. Uh, it's not going to have a flutting, is it? No, it's not going to have a flut. I think <laughs> when you wrote that, you meant flint. I did write, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I've decided against the flint uh, for two reasons. Reason number one is because there aren't any second-hand flints in existence because nobody wants to sell them because they're so awesome. That's that's a good sign, yeah. But And that means that they're 300 quid. And I don't want to spend 300 quid on a new pedal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a little bit ridiculous, bearing in mind that I'd have to gig four or five times to make that back. It just seems a little bit excessive when I've also got to pay to get myself to the gigs, got, got my insurance on all my gear. Um, I try and justify things like that, and I just I, I can't see a way to justify spending 300 quid on a reverb pedal <laughs> and I've already got two reverb pedals on my board yeah. and I don't use tremolo at all in any of the songs that I play yeah I mean essentially is it's the the pedal it's that, an ABY box it's yeah a very expensive ABY box but it's it's the Voxinator isn't it and yeah you're then putting it into a Vox amp which yeah. <laughs> but I also think I might take this opportunity at the weekend and maybe instead of going stereo I might, I might go wet dry oh well uh. so if I can get the Hughes and Kettner sounding how I want it to sound I might put an ABY box after my drives yeah. before any modulation or reverb send the modulation and reverb to the Vox and just have the drive signal or clean signal coming from the Hughes and Kettner so that's what I'm thinking at the moment but bearing in mind I was adamant I was buying a Flint this time last week, I'll tell you what I've decided next week. <laughs> Indeed. I don't think um I don't think going in just dry is uh I don't think it's recommended. I, 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 women across the world would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> we we're taking a turn. We are taking a turn, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll 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 move us away. And um, the last thing that I've done this week is I've recorded a li- I, I mentioned it on the podcast probably about a month ago. Yeah. Possibly even longer. I bought a camera and a microphone and intended to start a channel where I was doing <laughs> acoustic covers. Okay, yep. Um I recorded about 3 weeks ago but realized that I hadn't switched the microphone on. Oh. So I I had Lots of silent yeah, footage of lots me. Lots of pretty str- pictures of you strumming a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I re-recorded this week, last Sunday, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I re-recorded a few of them um, this week. Um, I've actually gone for a two-mic setup, so I've got the mic on top of the camera, and I've also been using my snowball that I record, record the podcast with, and I'm going to try and work out which of the microphones sounds better and pick that and put that on the thing but then I have to learn how to edit just blend so, just put like a beautiful blend of the both pickups but but I I can't edit <laughs> like I I really badly can't edit so what happened I, I basically imported all these things into my computer I asked some people that I know that edit software on free software 
what to get, and they said get Lightworks. So I got Lightworks, mm-hmm. and I then had a three-and-a-half-hour argument with Lightworks and designed a thumbnail instead. Nice. To be, to be fair, though, the thumbnail is pretty, pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think I'm happy with the, the thumbnail now, and I also did the the MacWine music channel art as well, so I've got the the thumbnail and my own sort of, like, logo. Yeah, so so watch out for this. MacWine, MacWine music will be featuring on the YouTubes very, very yep. soon. Yep, and the Facebooks as well, I think. Woo. Yeah, we'll share some of that as well. Yeah, but like I say, I have to learn to edit before I can do that. At the moment, I can't even get the thumbnail at the start of the video, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trials and tribulations, man. Trials and tribulations. Um, I'll get there, though. I'll get there. Video editing is a it's it's a whole whole thing. Um, I'm not even going to pretend that I've got it to a fine art yet. Um, I, I think my video editing style at the moment um, can only be described as passable. It, it just about works, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it just flies underneath uh, like offensively bad, but just about. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm yeah. sure. I'm I'll, sh- like I say, I'm I'll sure. get there eventually. It'll take me time, and I will have to sit down. And rather than watching other shit whilst trying to edit, I'm going to have to watch YouTube videos of how to use the software that I'm using to edit. But I will get there. Yeah, it just probably will be like in like a month. <laughs> yeah, so Macquarie Music coming early 2019. Yeah, that's what we're saying. So if if we aim for that, if you get if you get there closer, then we're all good. So I mean, we've got the the no flut uh, thing this week. You've also you you've put in an order for a wiring loom, haven't you, Matt? I have, and I got a message whilst we were setting up for the cast, saying that the wiring loom has has been finished. So I have a wiring loom for my SG on the way from our good friend at Fletcher Pickups. Indeed. Um, who just... You've done a load of sort of like promo for him, so now it's my turn because he's made pickups and he, he rushed through this for me because he knows that I want to get the, t- the, the guitar ready for TT. Yeah. So he's like, I'll make sure... So I, I think I only sent him the money on Wednesday, Tuesday, and he's already wired it together, and he said he's going to send it first class for me tomorrow. So that'll be here next week, and then as soon as that's here, it's going in the guitar. He's a good one, isn't he? He is. He's a proper good one. I mean... And I, I can't wait to hear these pickups in these in this guitar. Yeah, I mean, the customer service would be worth it, worth going to him alone, but... Value for money as well is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but the the pickups above and beyond everything, they just stand out. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to mention some something about pickups this week and and how uh, how Fletcher's ruined me for other other pickups. <laughs> He's a tender and gentle pickup maker. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, um, that's pretty much my week. Um, I, like I say, I'm really excited about getting that wiring loom because it means I can get that SG wired up hopefully early next week. Um, I've got to try and find some time, but I'm sure I can find some time. Um, I'm actually building one of the stages that I'm going to be playing on for TT next Monday and Tuesday, so it won't be Monday or Tuesday night, but hopefully Wednesday I can uh, I can 
get this guitar together and yeah, ready for T2. Drop it in and, and reap the rewards of the the glorious, the blend pickups. Yep. I literally, I, I don't have enough good words to say about those. They are just fantastic. I cannot wait. I absolutely cannot wait. Indeed. Right, so I suppose we should uh, should chat about some of the bullshit that I've done this week. Um, we start off by uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned that I'd, I'd made a pedal that weren't working, and that I had to do that whole screaming thing. And um, yeah, the best bit, the best bit. <laughs> yeah, so I went at it with a multimeter this week. Um, everything seemed to pan out. Everything was fine. So I was scratching my head, scratching my head. Realised I'd wired up the DC jack wrong. Like an absolute <laughs> knobber. Uh, there are three pins on a on a DC jack. Two of two of them are the correct ones. One of them is a deceptive little motherfucker that is there just <laughs> to cause cause wrong. <laughs> I wired up to the, the deceptive motherfucker. Uh so essentially I I just uh bridged the two. And it worked first time. Um, so, yeah, the tone beard now working. Um, Good. I shared some pictures on my Instagram of it this week. Um, it's got mismatching knobs, which is just fucking epic. Love it. Uh, um, and I shared today a uh, a sound clip of it. Uh, and it, it, it basically sounds like 60s, late 60s Clapton. It does sound good. It sounds really good. Yeah, I, I was I was well happy with that one. Uh, I may or may not have bought a few more PCBs to to get going with some more things. So maybe some <laughs> more beard related uh, pedals on the way. But that was that wasn't the only pedal that I played this week. A little a little orange uh, ghost from my past reared its head this week. The Boss DS1. And Boss DS1. I I have been openly slagging this pedal off for about a year. Um, Probably more than a year, mate. <laughs> at least a year. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing it safe here. Where <laughs> I, I had one and I had it on a board for a little while. Uh, and it was noisy and it was shrill. Uh, and it was really fiddly. You'd, you'd get the perfect settings one day. And then you come to it the next day and it just wouldn't sound anywhere near as good. Um, so I sold it on. I actually sold it to the Guitar Geek. My my old DS1 went to the Guitar Geek. Uh, right, okay. He's still got that, I think. Um, and yeah, thought nothing of it. Um, but because I've got into the, the whole pedal thing... And there's there's a lot of mods out there that are openly available for the DS1. I thought, I think they're shit. I'm going to see if I can make one that I don't think is shit. Um, well, but then you played it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I I, uh, I played it. Um, and this video's gone up on the YouTube today, actually. Um, I played it and it sounded great. I am fully just eating my own words here, because... It was good. It sounded really good. Um, I can imagine that it would cut through amazingly as well live because it's the tone control is like this weird kind of mid, um, 
mid uh, mid EQ shape where it kind of sweeps through the mid range. Yeah. Um, obviously, all the way off, it it sounds like Santana. It's just um, and if you crank it all the way up, it sounds like an old uh, an old old radio speaker where it's really kind of nasally and horrible. Raucous. But there's there's some some settings in between that are really really nice, uh, and I found especially on the low gain settings, it it was like this beautiful, um, beautiful, subtle crunch. So I mentioned to you that I I actually am quite a big fan of the DS one before the cast. Yeah, my old guitar teacher, um, or my only guitar teacher, um, he wasn't really a fan of valve stuff so all of the stuff in his studio where he did all the um all of, all of his lessons yeah was solid state so he had two roland jc 120s mm-hmm. two boss ds1s and two boss i can't even remember what the it was one of the metal pedals but i can't remember what he basically so that he had a light gain and a heavy gain depending on what people want yeah and that Santana sound that you're talking about when you have low gain on the DS1 and the tone all the way off. Yeah. It's one of my favourite sounds in the world when it's going through a JC120. It's just absolutely bloody awesome. I absolutely love that sound. And I also have found in the past uses for that horrible, like, radio sound that you're on about, you know, the the really fizzy, no meat behind it, but, but really tinny, I quite like that sound if used for like almost almost like as a fuzz rather than using a fuzz pedal to do it. Uh, yeah, um, I could imagine it would it would sound great for like um, to to try and emulate Satisfaction by the Stones because it's got That's exactly it, it's, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's got that kind of really notched kind of nasal sound. Um, yeah, and there are some great sounds in between as well. Um, you just have to. Fiddle with it for five minutes. <laughs> I don't even need to make it. I can't believe it. I just said that. Don't I even can't believe to, I yeah. just said that on the cast. Well. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a bloke out there who uh, who <laughs> hasn't who hasn't just <laughs> sat there and fiddled with it for five minutes. <laughs> so we're all, we're all, uh, we can all empathise with that one, Matt. Yeah. Fucking hell Smut cast this week isn't it So yeah I mean the the DS1 I I enjoyed it This week Yeah (laughs) Yeah Smut cast Maybe Maybe that's our new name Other than Fret Talk Smut cast Yeah I think it might be me as well Because I turned My other podcast Into a smut cast This week as well Good man I, I managed to get Another teacher Talking about fisting On the internet Ooh Nice yeah, um, but we'll move on from that. Indeed, yeah. Um, so uh, just before we do, just go ahead and go go over and check out the uh, the DS One video. Um, it surprised me. Um, it's it's almost to a point where I don't want to mod it, but I know that I definitely will because it's working at the moment, and I want it to not work. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, so. This week, I had the opportunity to set up a Yamaha Pacifica. 
great guitars. You took the words right out of my mouth, pretty much. Um, I always remembered them as being a little bit basic, and I, I always remembered them as not quite feeling like they should. But I, I set one up today. Uh, it was a really basic setup, actually. It only needed some, uh, only needed some strings and tuning, pretty much. Um, and it sounded great. It felt great. It it was just it was very very good, um, and it just made me consider like, is this actually the best beginner guitar that is out there? Well, I mean, I've said before, I think it is. I I sang the praises of it. I can't remember if it was last week, or the week before, when you were talking about your your Variac, saying that it was very much like a Pacifico, and I said that. The Pacifico I had would have done me right away, not just up until I wanted to start gigging, but it it did gigs with me, and it was a good enough guitar to gig. And to be fair, if you you want something that's not going to break the bank, that you can pick up for little or no money at the start when you're you're trying out, it's not going to lose much of its value because they're great guitars. So if you if you decide that you don't want to play a guitar, you still get some money back from it, and uh, it will take you right the way through to gigging. If you don't want to spend stupid money on on a gigging rig, you don't have to. You can gig with one of those easily. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I felt when I, when I was playing it today. Um, I was cycling through some of the pickups, and though they aren't the greatest pickups in the world, they they were better than most cheap guitar pickups. Um, yeah, they're certainly better than anything on the Squires that I had. I had a couple of Squire Affinity Strats and the pickups on the Pacifica are 10 times better than those are. Yeah. Um, I I started off on an Affinity Strat. Um, I don't think the pickups in mine sounded too bad, actually. And I think um, I've got access to a... Um, an Affinity Strat which is from the same era and I don't think it sounds too bad but the the Pacifica ones were good um, and I like when I was playing it today I just thought I was just thinking like this this is something that if I'd given this a bit more of, a bit more of a clean up and just a little bit more attention set up wise I would happily go and take this guitar out and, and gig with it tonight the fact that it was yeah. this kind of weird, um, almost kind of transparent emerald green as well was absolutely banging. Nice. Loved that. Was it a HSS or? Yeah, HSS, yeah. Yeah, so it was a 112V. That's the guitar that I had. I didn't have it in green. I had it in a natural finish. But like I say, I, c- I can't say a bad word, word about the Pacifica unless you want to put it up against something that's three times its value or more. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're putting up against, like, the classic vibes and stuff like that. Um, I, I, classic vibe, you're talking about 550 quid now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 that's what, that's what I'm saying. Um, I, I still don't think they they would stand up so badly. Um, but, yeah, the classic vibes are something else, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but it also helped what I was going through as well. Um, so... I don't know the exact the exact model, but it was an ID TVP uh, by Blackstar. It was a one twelve, I think. So maybe like a thirty or like a fifty or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, 
I mean, we, uh, I mentioned the ID Core series when I did uh, did a show and did uh, did a cover of Purple Rain, um, and it sounded it sounded phenomenal at stage volumes. It sounded great anyway. Um, but the the TVP uh, Black Stars have got this. Um, it's basically like an additional setting where you you press a button and then you get to choose which valve you want to emulate with it. Uh, right. Okay. And sounds a little bit weird. It's yeah. It's it's a bit of a strange one. It's it's almost like a tone shaping thing. Um, so I guess you have to know what each of the different valves sound like before, or what amps they go in to try and work out which one you want for the sound you want. Um, you can do it that way. Um, I mean, I, I was on a clean channel using a six L six today, um, so pretty, uh, pretty standard stuff. But yeah, you can just cycle through them and and just kind of let your ear yeah, choose yeah. which one which one it likes. Um, but yeah, it it made everything louder, which is which is an absolutely excellent feature. Pressing a button and it yeah. just makes it one louder. Um, but it also it it almost kind of gave that um that characteristic of, of that valve. Uh, so it just it it made everything kind of a bit more sparkly and a bit it just it just made the clean tones really pop um so i'm an absolute advocate for that and it it almost crossed my mind today uh i know it's sacrilegious again but it almost crossed my mind that this is a it's a gigging solution this is this is something that i could happily go out buy and just use that and i to a point i think you're right and i think People who aren't as into gear as we are um, and aren't obsessed with chasing that tone that's in their head, people who just want reliable gear that's going to work and, you know, that they can use week in, week out, things like the ID cores, the Katana, the even just the, the sorry, even these TVP cores and, you know, solid state stuff is getting to the point now where you don't have to spend that Kemper money to get a good gigging solution. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, we were talking about kind of the the solutions to gigging, the cheaper solutions to gigging when we were when we were younger, um, and it would have been your Line Six Spider or the Marshall yeah. MG series, and these these new ones, like you say, the Katana, the 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 Blackstore ID series. Um, they absolutely just wiped the floor with with anything that was yeah. out when we were younger. And I think, had you said to me cheap gigging solutions before the end of 2016, or even because I didn't listen to the Katana until partway through 2017, but if we say the Katana is kind of the start point where you could gig with a solid state amp and people wouldn't be able to tell apart from really big music aficionados and people who are obsessed with chasing the tone like we are, mm-hmm. people would not be able to tell the difference between a Katana and, or a lot of people wouldn't be able to tell, tell the difference between a Katana and a, an AC-15 if they went to went to your local pubs, whereas an AC-15 and a Line 6 Spider, I'm pretty sure, even if you got them on similar settings you ask Joe Public, they'd probably be able to tell the difference? The, uh, I think they they might not be able to tell the difference, but they 
I, I would almost guarantee that nine out of ten of of the public would say, yeah, that's a better sounding lamp. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, the, maybe not. T- yeah, you know, maybe not pick which one is which, but they'd say that's the better sounding one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Whereas I think that's we're now at the stage where it's probably fifty fifty or even less. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the Katana sure, yeah. ID cores and, and all that. You'd probably just get the response. Oh, they both sound fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that gap is definitely bridging. Um, that it's, it is very tempting. It's very tempting to get one of these, uh, one of these solid state solutions. But there's, there's one little, one little pressing matter that we need to talk about before we go on to kind of our, our proper news segments this week. And that's the Arctic Monkeys, isn't it, Matt? Yes, they're still bad. There's the album still, <laughs> the album is still not getting critical acclaim from Mr. Quine. Well, I mean that's that's the thing that matters, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I I actually had to listen to one of the one of the songs this week because um, Stuart in the uh, the podcast group shared four out of five stars. I think is is yeah. He wanted to trigger me. So he did. He said, yeah. He, he said that the new album was their best album since Humbug, which are my least two favorite albums from the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, he was after a fight, wasn't he? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, um, I I listened to it, and considering the amount of bad publicity it was, it has been getting, and people saying that. Like the Arctic Monkeys are dead, they're dead to me, um, and that that it is literally just like the the musical equivalent of like lager, just complete and utter like piss swill. Um, I I didn't get that at all. Um, you actually quite liked it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as to say I liked it. I'm not going to go that far. I only listened to it once as well, so I didn't really give it. A great deal of uh, of a chance. I, okay, well, I almost held well, off on actually um, on listening to it because it had been shared a couple of times, and I held off on listening to it because I just because of the amount of people that had mentioned how bad it was. I didn't really want to try, but I did. Um, okay, I want you to do one thing for me after this cast. Yep. Get a copy of the song Star Treatment, which is the opening song to the album. Yep. And see if you can describe it any other way than shit poetry over shit lift music. <laughs> because that was my that was my description of it the first time I heard it. That was my description of it the fifth time I heard it, and I've stopped bothering now. I I actually actively went out and listened to the album two or three times more because people were saying, actually if you listen to it and then listen to it again and Stop trying to interpret yeah, just this ego trip as an ego trip and try and listen to what he's actually saying, which it's just an ego trip. It, whatever people are taking from it, you're wrong. It's an ego trip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my perception of... Because I watched the, the music video as well, and there was a lot of pretense and pretentious-ness. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 there is that as well. For for our non-visual listeners, which all of you are, Matt was uh, making a, a, a specific sign there. He's making a sign. Um, 
so what I was getting from the from the music itself, apart from because there's, there's like, like a weird kind of siren intro, which was it's just pretentious, disjointed and, <laughs> and jarring. Yeah, um, I was getting some some vibes that Alex Turner had uh, had recently bought a Bowie album, uh, specifically um, kind of spiders from Mars stuff and and kind of wanted to see if he could do something similar um, yeah and he can't <laughs> well it, it sounded it sounded like a pastiche um there, there were some interesting moments um I, I don't think Alex Turner's voice suits anything outside of their kind of original aggressive indie genre he hasn't got a smooth voice. He hasn't got a soulful voice. He's got a almost shouty, and when he tries to rein it in, it doesn't work. No, I don't. All, I don't think I'm his concerned. pitching's very good uh, because his style of vocal is very kind of spoken. Um, so, it, yeah, it was. It. I'm not going to say it was bad. Because it was listenable, the the four out of five stars was, um, but it's not it's not a track that I'm going to be heading back to very soon. Whereas some of their classics are songs that I will actively go out and put on. So I mean that's kind of my take on it. I might give the entire album a listen. I will definitely listen to that <laughs> shit poetry over lift music. Yeah, the, fir- the very first track on the album, it's called Star Treatment. Yeah. And yeah, um, it is a bad GCSE level English poem over really bad lift music is the only way I can describe it. I mean, shit poetry over lift music sounds like a John Cage piece that does. <laughs> It's it's got it's got an air of pretentiousness anyway. That, uh, but let's let's leave the Arctic Monkeys alone. Uh, I'm sure they're they're lovely people and they're doing fine. They've just released an album. I mean, it's happy days for them, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and they're going to go and play some shows. Yeah, yeah. So we're here. So good luck to them. Good luck to them. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck wheeling that out. <laughs> um, so so last week we mentioned the the impending Tome and Gear University and this week it is in full swing we're recording on a night where it hasn't yet wrapped up so uh, we're kind of midway through the Tome and Gear University um, and I've been following the, the Tome and Gear University um, through our good friend the guitar geek Mr Andrew Ferris he's As been doing I. daily blogs um, so he's, I mean, first of all, he was in the, uh, the Tome and custom shop room. That's the first, Which, yeah, the first thing that he shared when it, just, just for everybody else, this was in our private group, not on his, his vlog or the first time I saw the custom shop room was anyway, he, he did share something in our yeah. private group. I'm not, has he not, has, yeah. has he not done that publicly? I yet, think. Though? I think the only bit that he... I think he was in the custom shop room towards the end of his day one vlog. Oh, wicked. But a lot of the stuff that we saw, you know, the, the PRS private stock and a couple of other bits was 
was in our private group, I think. Yeah, so just in case this is uh, embargoed stuff, <laughs> Toman have got a uh, a lovely collection of some, some very fine instruments. Some really sexy guitars. Indeed. Uh, and I think... Um, Andrew was saying that like one of his favourite out of the entire lot was a was it a Les Paul custom like just a standard Gibson Les Paul custom. Yeah. Well, it weren't it weren't a standard. It, it was obviously some like blessed by angels at the Gibson <laughs> custom shop something. But a uh, a good old humble Gibson beating out the competition, which <laughs> great stuff. Um. So yeah, I, I think the the one thing that I was uh, wanted to mention about these uh, the the videos um, that I've been getting from from Andy uh, on his YouTube channel is that it has a completely different feel from uh, from the GitCon uh, videos that were happening last year. Yeah, that, yeah, everything with that seemed very calculated, and that the the videos had been planned out, and it was all very. Very regimented, and it? it all seemed Very a bit stiff. Cold. It was cold and clinical. Yeah. Rather than, they didn't look like a bunch of people having fun. They looked like a bunch of people who'd been told what to do and say. Yeah. Whereas Andrew is one hundred percent like a child in a uh, in a sweet shop, <laughs> in the nicest possible way. He yeah. He seems like he's having the most fun ever. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he is admitting that there are, like, he's had a little bit of technical issues here and there, but for the most part, he's acting like a big kid. He's having a lot of banter with all the other people involved. Everybody's taking the mick. He ended the Thursday vlog by asking which guitars that they were going to steal in front of the guy who runs Toman. So you can tell <laughs> that every, everybody there is just, you know, just there to have a good time. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's oversensitive about anything, and it just looks like... It's a fun place to be. Yeah, yeah, completely. I think uh, and Andy's um, specific um, kind of presenting style and his sense of humour really kind of gel well with that that environment as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, we mentioned that he'd uh, he'd done uh, so he'd done the cost the custom shop. Um, I don't don't know if he was supposed to mention that. Um, but he also like the first day he went round and just like literally in awe looking at uh, like the the racks and racks and racks of like guitar stuff and the the bit that actually made me laugh out loud where he's he's going down through a set of racking and he's looking and he's going oh this one's a this guitar and this one's that guitar and he goes oh this one's a bass <laughs> it's just, yeah uh, it's just so good. Absolutely, and it's just the fact that like he's been allowed to go and walk around the warehouse and look at things, and you know he picked up a Katana Airbox the other day, and he was just like, "I'm going to play this later in the week." Yeah, just yeah, it's it just looks like they've been basically given free reign to have a bit of fun and create some content whilst they're having fun, and I think it comes across far better for everybody involved, including Toman, because everybody looks like they're having a good time. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a place where happy things should happen, isn't it? Because it's it's a place where loads of musical instruments are. Um. So, I mean, if I was in a place where there were loads of musical instruments, you're damn right I'd have a 
massive smile on my face. Damn right. I mean, I don't know anybody that who plays guitar who's going to listen to this podcast who wouldn't love to be just let loose in Toman's custom shop room yeah. or even just in the warehouse and say, well, I'd like to try one of them and one of them and one of them and one of them yeah. and then go, yeah, okay, we, here's the demo models that we've got. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, and we we mentioned that he's he's kind of running around like a massive kid, but he's... I like on the on the converse side as well. He's he's taking every opportunity that he has there and and absolutely running with it. He seems like the hardest working guy. Uh, just out, out of all of us, at least out of all of the fret sort guys, he's just working so goddamn hard. Um, although he mentions that it shouldn't really be classed as work because he's having so much fun, but I was just like. Absolutely, just tip the tip the cap to the guy. He's 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 making the most of that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like like you say, he's he's working incredibly hard. He's actually producing some of the Toman um, like their gear demos that the other guys are doing. He's doing a lot of the producing. Um, yeah, which you know, on top of still vlogging, he's making his own content as well. It, he's working so hard to try and get this channel that is a big help to anybody who wants to learn about current releases or anything. He's one of the few guys on YouTube who is open and honest and will tell you he thinks something is shit if he thinks it's shit. Yeah. He's 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 not scared to say, I didn't particularly like this product. But at the same time, he's also not scared to say, actually, I really love this product. And you know, because yeah. you've heard him say things about stuff that he's been sent... You're aware that he doesn't matter. He, it doesn't matter to him whether he likes a product or not. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks of it because that's the kind of person that he is, and he's out there to to help anybody else who's wants to look at this same piece of gear, and he's he's just going to give you an honest opinion. Yeah, and he just it, I think he deserves so much support from from everybody. I mean, and he had to release a video the other week asking for Patreon, and to the credit to his subscribers. Um, he's they've basically allowed him to keep the channel going because he's lost he, or he, he stopped working from wherever he had been working yeah um, and he, he's now got got enough income going forward that he can survive for a few more months and keep the channel going which is the best news because the channel is absolutely amazing yeah it's wicked I think uh, we we need to wrap it up a little bit there though because we've we've S'd his D some something chronic <laughs> chronic today yeah, and I know, you know, we're supposed to be impartial and all that, but he's a good friend of both of us and he's a Yeah. Yeah, I just I enjoy his his content and yeah, I know, mean, people should go out there. Above that. And if you do want to see what what uh, TGU is about, um this Tome and Gear University, just go and check out one of his glo- his vlogs even if it just points you in the direction of other people to go and have a look at. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um you were mentioning that he'd uh, he'd done some editing and there was a uh, a particular video that he he'd been part of the edit uh, that I saw today, and that was uh, that was Philippa Philippa Q, who is if you haven't checked her out, please do because she's uh, I don't even know how old she is, but she's she can't be anything over I think like she's eleven. Is she she's fucking hell? I thought she was about thirteen, but yeah, no, I th- I, th- I believe she's eleven. So um, yeah. obviously 
we know her father, or certainly I've met her father a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this last week, and we mentioned like how how we kind of know her. Um, but yeah, the fact that she is so young and she's got a a, a pretty big YouTube channel herself, and she's playing some stuff yeah. that it, it ain't easy. Um, well, she did. What was the one that she, the that she's done from TGU so far? Was it comfortably? Yeah, numb? she she just busted out the solo to comfortably numb just on the spot because <laughs> why not? She's got she had a Hendrix strat, so yeah. I mean, why not play comfortably numb? Yeah, and for for those of you like most of you aren't going to have the the behind the scenes, but her, her dad actually put in the private group that we've got. Um, she hates guitars with tens on them, and that guitar had tens on it, <laughs> and. She, you know, she just soldiered she, on she, anyway. Yeah, she just she played it as if she'd been playing it on that guitar for ten years or more. It was just the fact that you know, considering she doesn't use those tension strings, the p- bends were pitch perfect. Everything was really good. I, I I wish I could have had some somebody push me to play guitar or let me yeah go to play guitar at that age because I think if I'd have, I don't think I probably would have been anywhere near as good as she is at that age, but. If I'd have had the push to, at that age, I just think where I could be now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's she's got drive, hasn't she, yeah, Philippa? Yeah, um, and repping it for the ladies as well. Just, <laughs> just yeah, not not being handed stuff just because she is a, a girl. She's she's actually putting in the time and the effort with with her stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, for those of you that, that don't watch her channel, um. She does update. She's she does like five or six hour music sessions at her school on top of her normal work days. She puts in so much effort to to be able to play the way she can, and she doesn't just play the guitar. She plays drums and bass and keyboards yeah. and all sorts. So one of those somebody that bastard yeah. talented people, isn't she? Yeah, she's somebody that has put a lot of effort into it, and she's going to reap the rewards when she comes out. Uh, I mean, she's going to have a. a I would say profitable YouTube channel. I don't actually know that, but I assume she's got a yeah. a fairly decent um, YouTube channel, and she'll be able to walk into a, a session job if she wants to, or a touring band if she wants to do that. She's somebody. Uh, uh, that yeah, I dare say that's that where she's gonna where she's gonna end up. I reckon she'll be like uh, Tal from um, from uh, oh Jeff Beck's band. Tal Wilkenfeld is it? Something like that. Uh, is that the basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, just a, like an immense talent, just completely understated. She's not, she's not there to show off. She's just, she gets, gets on the on the stage, does a wicked job. Yeah, just knocks it at the park. So yeah, I think those are some of our highlights from from the time in U- Gear University. And I think over the next couple of weeks as well with. Uh, the people who are there getting their chance to edit the videos and and release them right will will get like a huge wealth of content through that as well. Um, and I don't know whether you've seen, but um, some other people that weren't in that initial list of twenty six were there today, and I think they're there tomorrow as well. Um, on Facebook, uh, sorry, on Twitter um, earlier today, and I noticed Nita Strauss was there, and there was a couple of other guitarists. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that from, on Philippa's actually. That Philippa was just chilling with Nita Strauss. So yeah, I mean, the, I, I'd love to see videos from sort of uh, those other guitarists as well, like either produced by Andy or you know even just with with those YouTubers and see what what kind of stuff they can get out of these 
these big guitarists. Faux show. Uh, I think that's where we're going to leave the Gear University today because we've got uh, we've we've got some other topics which um, which absolutely need addressing. <laughs> so, so we we mentioned something nice about Boss this week, didn't we? So to counteract it, we also need to rag on them somewhat. <laughs> so the Boss Traffic Light series. Uh, which was the OD one, the the original phase shifter, and the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Uh, basically, like a red, yellow, and green pedal. The fiftieth anniversary box was it something like? That? Yeah, I don't know. We it, possibly sixtieth or fortieth. I can't remember. Yes, yeah, some some denomination of years. Yeah, uh, in the multiples of the tens. Yeah, or maybe fives. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, those were a ridiculously, ridiculously priced collector's box. Suddenly this week, uh, they are reducing the prices of those, aren't they? Yes, so they, they've dropped from the 869 quid that we ragged on them for. They've dropped by like 350 quid, haven't they? I can't exactly remember the... The total they are now, yeah. So five three nine. They they dropped three hundred and twenty pounds, and they are now at five four nine. You would be so angry if you bought those in the first <laughs> run. No, not so not necessarily. Angry. I mean, if you are such a such a fan of the Boss franchise that that you absolutely had to have the Traffic Light series when it first came out, I don't think you're going to be crying too much. Um, but. But you've got to think that there's a lot of people out there that will have gone, right, these are limited edition, I'll buy them as a collector's piece or I'll buy them as an investment so that I can sell them on for for more money. And straight away, Boss have gone, oh, well, we can't even sell the 750 that we made, so we've had to slash the price almost in half. Yeah. Um, I mean, underneath my, uh, my tagline here, I've got, was it a shit idea? So... What what do we reckon? I mean, I think the concept was probably a good idea because yeah, yeah, yeah. they have you know memorialised their their original three stomp boxes. It's the whatever anniversary it is, and you know everybody's that's that's a good idea. Do something a little bit different. Re-release those pedals that you can't get anymore, and you know make make people smile and. Get get they able to get their hands on them? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Presentation box, you know. Again, it's it's a good idea for for those that just want to be collectors. But eight six nine or eight five nine or eight seven nine or whatever that initial price was that was over eight hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, killed it. I mean, like we said, there wasn't seven hundred and fifty people on this planet that wanted to spend that money on it. Because uh-huh. it, it, it's limited to 750, so there weren't 750 people who wanted to spend that, which means they've priced it wrong. Yeah, I mean, the planet has considerably been more than 750 people. Yeah, considerably I mean, more. Talking like 8 billion people, and out of those 8 billion, they couldn't even get 750. Couldn't, yeah, people. couldn't I'd, drum up 750 quid's worth of it. I would bet money on they not have sold 500 at that original price. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It it might be that they're just trying to clear the clear the last of the stocks for this. I don't know. However, I mean, we were we were mentioning this before the cast that 
if the original series had come out at the price that they are now, five four nine. So that's under. Uh, so it's somewhere between one fifty and one seventy ish per pedal there. Yeah, that isn't a, a far fetched by today's standards from what you would expect to pay for, because uh, these were like hand wired to the original specs. So like, and and done in in Japan as well. Yeah. Well, so if they're the hand wired original specs, they're reissues of pedals that don't exist anymore. Yeah, seven hundred and seventy quid each, not a bad offer. I mean, it's not again; it's still not something that I would be willing to pay. But you know, for for those people that are big Boss fans, that's kind of plausible. Uh, but when you're looking at whatever it was, it was like three hundred quid a pedal almost by the time. Yeah, you look at the old price, and that just. Who's going to pay 300 quid for a boss stunt box? I mean, unless... Yeah, apparently not 750 people, so... Yeah, I mean, (laughs) unless it's going to make me the greatest guitarist on the planet, I am not paying 750 or 850 quid for three boss medals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think if, if they would have come out at that 549, you would have seen people who aren't, like, particularly boss fanatics... Who would have went? Yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, so I reckon that was their uh, that was their downfall with that one, money. Yeah, that was the downfall. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like like I say, it was probably a good idea. They just priced it wrong to start with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are we going to see see them in the future? Are we going to see like the next next set of um difficult to find? Boss pedals, maybe like a slow gear or or like a dimension or something like that. Well, they're not they're not known for reissues, are they at all? This is the first time they've really reissued anything, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's against the the philosophy of uh, of the Japanese companies, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, there's nothing I know enough about to want them to reissue. That's not to say that there isn't anything good in their back catalogue. I just, I haven't gone into the back catalogue of Boss enough to look at that. I mean, the the thing I will say is the OC2 is a billion times better than the OC3. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I've got a Japanese OC2. Well, you would have, th- you would have thought that the, the OC3 would have been one better. Well, it should have been, but they added extra buttons to it or extra knobs to it. Uh, and you it, don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the OC2 was pretty perfect as a, a an octave down pedal goes. It does one octave down, two octave down. You can set the level of those two octaves and the level of your your original signal. What more do you need from an octave down pedal? You don't, do you? You really don't? Yeah. And yeah, they ruined it by putting... I can't even remember what the other knob they put on was, but there's now a four-knob pedal that nobody likes. <laughs> and it doesn't track as well. <laughs> hey, does that work? I mean, what I want to see from Boss... And I'm just throwing it out there. And if they want, if they want to take this idea, I mean, I will accept like a very, very small percentage of this. DS One was a craft. Is it only the BD Two that they've got as a Wazzer? Is it? They've got the BD Two. They've got the uh, Super Distortion as well. Right. Okay. I think they've got uh, the VB Two W. They've got the. 
the DM2W as well. And I don't think there's any more in the Wazacraft range. What yeah. what we want is we want a we want a Wazacraft DS1. Also, for shits and giggles, Wazacraft Metal Zone. Don't forget about the Wazacraft tuner that they've already got out. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that size says it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what boss pedals do, have I coveted? Go on, what what would you have if it was a if there was a Wazacraft version? Uh, I don't even know. I don't know much about any boss pedals, to be honest with you. I tend to avoid them. Yeah. To, um, to be honest, I think brand. I need to try a BDTW. Because apparently it just fixes all the flaws with the BD2. See, I've never even bothered trying a BD2. Eh, so. don't, don't bother. They're all right. They're not great. Yeah. Uh, I don't here's know. me I've shitting on boss again. Bye. And... I will accept that this is a criticism of myself and I am bad for it, but I always see boss as something that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's because not special enough for you. I'm, I'm an ass or whether I, I have too, too much thought about myself. Maybe I think maybe I'm actually like Alex Turner and I'm so far up my own ass that I can't see myself <laughs> ever playing, playing, Instruments that the commoners could play. That's it. The, and the pedals that the common commoners boss, could. Yeah. yeah. So I've all, like, like I say, I've got that analog man chorus. I've got the the crown of the hotcake that isn't seen on everybody's boards. I've got a Japanese OC two because I didn't want the normal one because I knew the Japanese one sounded better. And um, there's other ones that they've got. You've also got a uh, a boost pedal that's got a picture of a penis on it, haven't you? So I do. I mean, you won't see those on everyone everyone's board, will you? No, you wouldn't. Only a fool would have a, a boost pedal with a penis on it. You're terrible. Absolutely terrible. I know. <laughs> but they're amazing. Uh, but yeah, and I think that's actually going to go on my board for TT, by the way. Nice. I need a clean boot or clean-ish boost. Yeah. Um, and I've taken the GE7 off because there's too much hiss. Well, there you go. There you go. And that's your, your boss pedal, G7 Wazacraft. There you go, yeah. G7 Wazacraft, no hiss. That's it. Just a, a flick switch that removes the hiss. And to be fair, I left the EQ bit of it blank, so you can get rid of the first seven of those things and just leave me with the <laughs> slider. The slider on a switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So basically what you're saying is boss need to make a one-knob clean boost. <laughs> Yeah, and it needs to have a picture of a penis on it, and they need to pay you all the royalties. Get in. Yeah. Right, so, I mean, we've ragged on Boss enough. Um, We've got two more segments. I think we've only really got time for the one. Um, Come on, this was quite time-dependent. So, last last weekend, both me and uh, Mr. Yeomans took a trip to Guitar Guitar Birmingham, where... Um, we we tried a couple of instruments, um, and the reason we're mentioning this one is because it's it's a follow up of uh, an instrument that we coveted since uh, since Nam. I'm pretty sure. Um, but first of all, we we played a Schecter PT, which is like a Telecaster, um, and it was absolutely br- bloody brilliant. Um, I mean, Schecter is not something that you would you'd expect to go for 
for classic bluesy tones. Yeah, I mean, you say Schecter Telecaster, and I'm just imagining like a Jim Root style telly. Yeah, something which because has got, it's Schecter. Yeah, something which has got EMGs in it. It's got like a maybe like a really dark quilt maple cap on the front, and it just looks a little bit, a little bit metal. No, this is it's literally it was a it was like a um, like a matte matte black, but you could see the wood grain because it had a wood grain effect in it um, and it was literally just like a single bound P90 in the neck standard telly in the bridge beautiful yeah it's sounded amazing played pretty good um, Yeoman's absolutely loved it and I was trying so hard to convince him to buy it um, so he does Yeoman's have a telly? he does not then he should have bought it. He should have, yeah. But uh, they do it in a sunburst as well, and and that was his argument that he he would have preferred the sunburst. So I think that might have to happen soon. I think we might have to start badgering the guys at Guitar Guitar get tell them to get uh, the sunburst one in, and then I will convince Yeomans to spend money. Um. So yeah, I mean that was that was part of it. So Schechter are wearing us with uh, with some kind of classic stuff. I think it all started when they um, they introduced the Nick Johnston um, Strat kind of thing. It's like a rosewood necked um, surf green Strat. Don't think I've seen it. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, and Nick Johnston is an amazing guitar player. A YouTube guy again. Okay. Uh, Canadian, I think he is. Um, but again, don't let, don't hold that against him. <laughs> um, but the re- the actual reason we went in is because we heard that there were going to be Ibanez AZ series, um, and we tried them at the Birmingham Guitar Show, and they were poorly set up, and the the booth was really. Uh, really busy and we didn't get a chance to plug them in so we were kind of a little bit soured on by that um, yeah but you said you wanted to try them again didn't you I remember on, on the cast at the time you said if you could try them where maybe they'd had a better setup hopefully if they were in a store rather than something that had clearly been taken from show to show to show to show just thrown in the back of a, a truck or whatever and not particularly well looked after yeah you wanted to try try them properly so how did that go um Yes, it did. <laughs> so we played two of them as a kind of fair test. We played uh, the the Jewel Humbucker kind of dark, dark coffee burst or whatever it's called. And we tried uh, the HSS almost strat looking thing with like a, a red to red to kind of amber fade. Um, I really wanted to love the uh, the HH one. Because it just looks the bollocks, um, and in terms of look, the neck, the f- neck felt great because it was this this baked maple uh, stainless steel fret, so everything was really smooth. Uh, and the more I played it, the more I didn't want to put it down because it started feeling nicer and nicer and nicer. Um, but there were just there were little things about it which just, I mean, the. They're about about the grand range, 
So then, right, the, okay, so it was the cheaper of the two ranges, wasn't it? Um, Is that right? I think they, yeah, I think one was like a grand, and one was like eighteen hundred, wasn't it? I don't think it was much. I don't think it was much more. I think it was only like twelve. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they were kind of. I think they're still premium or prestige or or one of these. But yeah, still still a fair chunk of change. Um, but kind of looking at Sir's market, I think. Um, there were a couple of little finished floors which you can because it, it was like a, an X-Demo guitar as well you'd expect a little bit of that um, yeah. and it weren't set up perfectly it was still it weren't to my specifications but you can't expect everything to be perfect from the get go and like I say the more I played it the more I wanted to play it that's a good sign. I mean, you've said about three, three or four times in the last few casts that you like your guitars set up in a very specific way. So, yeah, you might be able to. I, like, I'm not saying you should go out and splash a thousand pound on this guitar, but you might be able to set it up the way that it would invite you back to play it every time you sort of looked at it. Oh yeah, no dates at all. No dates. I'd uh, I'd be able to play uh, to be able to set it to a way that would make it play beautifully. Um, but the thing is, like, the one thing that I've I've really enjoyed about Ibanez guitars in the past is that when you play them in a shop, they are set perfectly. They are set very well, and for some reason, this wasn't quite that. Um, yeah. On one of the, I think on the HSS one, there was a dead fret as well, which. That's not good on a guitar that kind of price range. No, it, I mean it, it. It would just require a, a fret leveling, but at that price range again, you, like you're like you're saying, you don't want to be spending a grand and then, on top of that, having to get get it uh, get a level done to it. I mean, you might you might want to spend stuff to get it professionally set up, but having it leveled is that next next step but the thing that really really under, underwhelmed me were the pickups these Seymour Duncan Hyperion pickups the ones that we said it was a good job that they didn't have Ibanez pickups in and we thought that with Seymour Duncan's we thought they'd be better yeah um, I will uh, prefix this by the by saying that the, the HSS sounded better than the HH the the strat single calls for the the Hyperions were were better, um, but as I mentioned at the start of the cast, I think having played so many Fletcher pickups and have having played so many kind of pickups that are of of a very very good quality, yeah, that these Seymours just aren't cutting it for me. <laughs> I know. Is it is it that the Seymours aren't great, or is it that Fletcher's pickups are just so so good and so kind of ingrained in you now that you can't yeah can't put see up with the the slight differences from other pickup manufacturers? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands up and say that the the Seymour Duncans weren't bad pickups. They weren't pickups that you would say are bad pickups. 
However, um, it's like last week I was playing my my Variax, which doesn't have Fletcher pickups in, and I was getting tones out of that, which was inspiring me. These Ibanez uh, AZs with the Seymours in, I was playing them, and I weren't getting that same feeling that I was getting out of a four hundred pound um, line six guitar. But is that because you hate humbuckers? Because you you said I hate humbuckers. That you, hey. Well, I know you. I know you don't hate humbuckers. How but, dare you, Matthew? But what you said at the start of the cast was you weren't too impressed by the the humbucker in the Pacifica, but you got some nice tones out of the single coils. What you've just said was the AZ. You got some nice tones out of the single coils, but you weren't too au fait with the the humbuckers. Is it just that? Fletch knows how to make the best humbuckers. Um, uh, potentially, um, the humbucker in the HSS AZ was better. It, was it not the same humbucker? It, it probably was, but it sounded better. It worked better with that guitar, and and perhaps uh, with that um, that pickup configuration, where it might have had a different pot. So it might right, have had a three hundred k part instead of a five hundred k part. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, it 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 wasn't the fact that I hated the hated the humbuckers, um, but they just they didn't they didn't inspire me. Um, I mean, the ultimate fact is that if I wanted to, I probably could have put put money down um, and left with that guitar, but I didn't. So I mean, that which says it all. It does, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed. One day, when they bring out uh, an AZ that's in surf green and has got a torque guard, then we'll we'll talk again. Okay, <laughs> I'll wait for that day then. Indeed, and I think on that bombshell, that's where we're gonna gonna wrap up for today. Yep. So, my good good friend listeners, you've you've made it this far. Well done. Um, if you want to catch us online, if you want to talk to to us guys, you go on the Fret Talk Podcast group, which is Facebook groups. Type in Fret Talk Podcast. Nice and simple. If you want to find me online, you go Instagram.com, Facebook.com, slash Budget Pedal Chap. Or you go into YouTube, you type in Budget Pedal Chap, and you will find me, the rather hirsute looking gentleman. Um, who's brandishing a DS1 this week. Uh, if you want to find Matt, Matt has got so many new things that I, I'm going to have to ask Matt to tell you about them. So I suppose I won't bother with the, the new YouTube channel because I haven't even created it yet or the new Facebook group. But um, in the future, they will be Matt Quine Music searching on Facebook and YouTube, but that's not going to... It won't be live when this cast goes out. Don't bother searching for it, but I'm going to say it anyway because <laughs> it'll remind me to say it. If I say it now, I'll remember to say it next week and I might have done something by next week. Cool. Yeah. That's my thought process. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you want to get in touch with... Oh, if you want to see stuff from my band, it's facebook.com slash switchiom. Uh-huh. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to share a live stream of one of our gigs in TT. Um, so one of the gigs is streamed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we're going to be able to share that before we go on stage. That would be cool. That would be wicked, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's fingers crossed at the moment, and they, they have technical difficulties every year because, you know, it's 
it is what it's a live gig, so they all, they're always going to have it. Um, so some some nights they get it working, some nights they don't. So let's just hope my one is one of the nights they get it working. Um, but yeah, so facebook.com slash switch IOM. Um, if you want to talk to me away from Facebook, so best place for me is, as well as everybody else was the, the Fret Talk podcast group. But if you want to talk to me on Twitter, it's at heel underscore Matt Q. Um, and yeah, I'll talk. Uh, most of the stuff that's on there is about wrestling because of my wrestling podcast, which is the Bad Bookers Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling. Um, yeah, this week, um, like I say, I managed to get a teacher to talk about fisting on the internet. So if you want to hear a teacher potentially lose his job, um, <laughs> listen to this week's <laughs> Bad Bookers Podcast. Um, and other than that, um, in five and a half days' time, I am having my head shaved and the beard is going and I then need to look at somebody to wax my legs because I doubled my target already, um, which is scary Yeah, um, because that was a stupid thing to say because I didn't think we'd get the target, let alone double the target. Yeah, man, I I added to that one. You did, and I don't know whether you noticed, but the the very following person added an extra £3.40-odd pence so that it made it back to a round number again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I, I I was a complete and utter prick and 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 just added some random number, didn't I? It was like twelve pounds eighty four or something. Yeah, and um, the ne- very next person added like a, a little bit extra to make it back to a round number. Um, but yeah, so on the Just Giving page, that's uh, justgiving dot com slash Matt hyphen Quine. Um, we've just hit two seventy. And the form that's gotten round work has broken three hundred quid. Ooh. So we're wet. Um, bearing in mind my target was 250 and I was I set it high thinking we wouldn't hit it um, so I'm very proud that I've managed to sort of help raise a, a, a really good amount for hospice care Isle of Man yeah yeah um, yeah and hopefully I believe hospice are going to live stream my head shave um, but if they're not going to live stream it I'll certainly make sure that there's video clips that hit the Facebook group next week probably thursday by the time that gets put onto a computer and uploaded i'm not going to edit it so it'll just be whatever clips get taken yeah hells yeah i mean we've we've paid for that now yeah well that's that's my thinking is everybody who's donated through just giving or donated at work has has paid to see me cry a little when i become a bald man (laughs) yeah essentially when you become an egg yeah yeah so yeah that happens on Wednesday of next week so two days after this podcast is released fantastic right so that's us for the week isn't it it is until next time guys I'll read us in tatty boy I'll read us in ta a bit ta Goodbye. I'm sure I'm going to be way out of key. <laughs>